says lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee, a year of celebration.
goes like this, O oh, death, won't you spare me over to another year? Well, that is this that I can't see. With ice full of hands, take a hold of me. Though I am death, not death itself, I'll open the doors of heaven or hell. O oh, death, someone would pray, could you wait to call me another day? The children pray, the preacher preach, time and mercy is out of your reach. I'll fix your feet, but if you can't walk, I will lock your jaws and keep you in place. I told you I have something you can't see. This very hour, come and go. I'm deaf, I come to take the soul, to leave the body, and to do something to draw the flesh off the frame. Freedom from suffering. We have a hope that there will be freedom from 
with his spirit. Now we can listen to what Paul says in Philippians. Philippians chapter 1, verse 16. Here Paul is talking about his own feelings, his own pessimism. And it says here about where he's at and where he's going. Verse 23, he said, I am hard pressed between the two, living and dying, being here on earth or being in God. He said, My desire, if you ask me, is to depart, to be with Christ. And then he tells us why. He said, Because it is say to you on the outside of the message, I'm really going forward in this series, that there may be some things that I say that you may not exactly agree with. Uh, I may say some things you won't agree with, but that's all right. You have every right to be wrong. Okay? Listen, we're getting ready to enter into the deep waters of the interpretation and in other words, there are parts of what we're going to deal with that there's not a whole lot in the scripture that says. And we have to kind of use our imagination. We kind of have to use some interpretation. And we're going to stretch it a little bit to try to make sense out of it, okay? In other words, I mean, you know, there's not a whole lot that's said about these things. But then in some cases, there's often a whole lot of information about certain things about the some of that needs some interpretation and realization. And a lot of the language that we use and a lot of the imagery that we use that for example, the giant illustration, calls for us to be evaluated. Because he uses symbolism, he tries to take human words and explain otherworldly things, things that are foreign to us, things that we can hardly imagine. There's some things that, quite frankly, God says are a mystery. You know, it can remain a mystery until we die. Now, of course, there are certain things, specific doctrines, that that I believe, and I, I believe you would agree, that are what we call non-negotiable. Those are things that, that you can't negotiate that about. You can prove that's what the Bible says is true, that the Word of God speaks of those things. For example, Jesus is the only way of salvation. No one comes to the Father but through Seth. But yet there are some things that we don't talk about that we may find ourselves a little bit different on this point than we think and believe. Because now I'm going to make a pledge to you that I'm going to do my best to hold true to Scripture. I'm going to do my best to, to say what the Bible says is not too much more than what the Bible says. Uh, I'm going to try my best to add anything to the Bible, but yet not take anything away from the Bible. But uh, having said that, let me give you a hint. That I have found in my studies, and I have found it in my own thinking, that intermixed along with the Bible, there are philosophical teachings that are there. There's a great deal of Platonism that exists. There's Greek philosophy that exists in the way that we think about death, Believe it or not, it's there. It's just modeled on human thinking. It's got to have been determined on our own 
Detroit Rams in the NFL. Secondly, we are having a long quote for an awful ride. You know, there are certain things we just want to be true. We want the Bible to say so. We want God to give us certain things when we think about things in the And we may be surprised to find that some of the things that we want um, aren't necessarily there the way that we want them or given to us the way that we want them given to us. So we, we bring our own biases to this discussion. Then you throw in comedy and movies and the show. That that gives an influence to some of our family. And then you take uh, the facts and articles and the, the books that have been written. Matter of fact, I've written one book that uh, takes accounts of people who have, uh, I really don't know how to explain it, but supposedly they've died and come back to life. I never got much further than that. But they, they, they tell some very precious stories about what they experienced when they were, they were dead. So there may be some things that I'm saying today that could be a little unsettling. This message may be a little unsettling because there is interpretation and imagination that goes on. Now, remember I said that belief is using images. Put that in your heart. Put that in your mind. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? I mean, think about it. I mean, when's the last time you went to a, to a funeral for your pastor and the preacher got up and said, oh, Definition. 
spiritually focused about Christians. When a Christian dies, he or she inherited into a point of what is referred to as theology, a redemptive meaning of the state. This is, in other words, a transitional period between our past lives on earth and it says our future resurrection So, in other words, here you are today, all This is your life. You die. At that moment, you enter into a transitional state. But out of the future, on out of eternity, there is another state in which you will receive the calling of the resurrected body, and you will be living in a new resurrected state of existence. So there is a in-between period between the time that you die and the time in which God begins to bring the full eternity plan into, into existence. And so there's this middle section. And so when we refer to heaven, we mean a place that Christians go when they die. We don't call it present heaven. We don't call it intermediate heaven. We just call so, for, for example, we say to our kids, Grandma and Granddad's going to heaven. Your taxes are not really present heaven, or an intermediate heaven. So, we just call it heaven. And in this place, this location, this time, indicates that it is a temporary position. It's not a permanent position. This intermediate state, this intermediate heaven, is Say something else to Randy. I'm going to say it in his book. Something I really am going to have to talk to. I, I agree with that right now. Look at it. And actually, the attitudes this statement uh, that he made, not to give it to you, but here, this is, I think, a foreign statement. Heaven is not the place we were made for. That's what that is. Heaven is not the place we were made for. I'm going to change it. Is not the place we are ultimately made for. So let that sink in for just a bit. We're going to switch around and we're going to come back to that. Because I think there are some misconceptions that kind of resonate between that three things. Number one, I want to give you the Bible proof for belief in this intermediate thing. Now we read Revelation chapter 6. I'm going to go back there to it. Look again, Revelation 6. Verses 9 through 11. Now, John says, when he opened the fifth seal, he says, I saw under the altar, now listen, the souls of those who have been slain. These are those who have died and who are in heaven. But the word of God, they they died for God, they died as witnesses to God. And listen, these souls cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood of those who dwell in in other words, they're awaiting something. They're waiting for God to bring about His final judgment. They're awaiting God to bring about the final uh, purpose in His great plan of salvation and redemption. And we're told that they were given white robes. In other words, they are righteous before God. They have been made holy before God. 
and to uphold that God says to him, it takes him. He grabs the little lantern until the fellowship of the fellowship, which is brothers, should be complete. In other words, there's others still yet to, to come. John says he didn't see the complete group of brothers, uh, the complete group of those who would give their life to the Lord. We just see a partial group. And he says there's coming a time when that will be uh, a completed thing. Dear friend, there's coming a time when the last of the martyrs will have died for Christ, and at that time, God will then begin to carry out his final plan. But what I want you to see is this. Here are martyrs who have died already. They've been relocated to heaven. And in this picture, in Revelation 6, there's a few things that that concern me. Number one, they still hold their identity. They're still who they were, okay, in terms of who they were in the earth. Their identity in Christ, their individual identity is still there. They still hold their personality. Now, that's good news, isn't it? Not only that, notice that John tells us that this is the place where they are are at rest. Their souls are at rest. Yes, they are actively awaiting a future event, but they are at ease. All right? They're not in comfort. They're they're not uh, anxious. They're, they're, They're not stressing. Further, we see that these souls are awaiting a new body. And we'll talk about the body that may or may not uh, what that body may be. But just say this, they're awaiting a new body that we know. To be clear, let me say this, and I would underline and underscore it to be a flash of light. This is not a picture of what some people call soul sleep. There are some people believe that when a person dies, they simply go to a place of soul sleep. And then at some time in the future, they are awakened by God and God to come. Nowhere in the Bible does the Bible picture soul sleep. That is a, a philosophical picture that's got mixed in by Christian thinking that just doesn't fit. Let me say, how can a soul that goes to the they're able to cry, so they are alive. They have their personality. They have their own identity. The biblical evidence is that our soul continues on after death. We remain conscious in this intermediate state, and we are awaiting a final destination. Now, let me also say that both saved and unsaved, I believe, are fully aware Those who have died in Christ are fully alive and aware that there will come. Those who are unsaved and died, unsaved, are fully aware and alive that they are not The saved await what we call the ultimate purpose of the, the judgment of Christ at the time when he's giving a new body, eternal body, a resurrected body. And we're given rewards. The unsaved are awaiting the great white throne of judgment in which they receive permanent exile from God and they receive their just punishment and judgment is coming. Now, we read earlier Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, verse 23, and Paul says, Look, I'm hard pressed between the two, 
decision, we indeed justly, well, we are, well, we're, we're being put to death because we did not do it. For we are received the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. This man in the, in the, in the little friend is going around to get Who did Jesus become? Jesus has given such a powerful witness that this man
heaven, right in heaven, that prepared that place to dwell with and be there forever. And you can come close to it. But we'll shake the hand. Here's what we do in heaven. Tells us that he doesn't need like a city of the Lord. There's three things that he'll find in the 
believe that we're going to be able to go from heaven to earth in the next few years. I mean, we will live together for a long time. We just got to be in the best place for us to be. But we were intended, I believe, to go to heaven. There will be a new unification of heaven and earth like never before. Where the outcome is a beautiful organization of this world to be given to you and it can't be done so you can't go to But you need to write this. Imagine how special it will be to come out of that old Save, get the way to Jesus. The 
saved in the hands of all the saints who dwelt in Sodom, worshiping in the Lord's The lost, when you don't get the way you get them, if you get them in the hands of all the saints, you can get them in the hands of all the saints. Tell you the story that three people died on the day. One hundred and eighty men were killed. They say eleven thousand of them had to be lost in the path of Jesus, worshiping the Lord. Eleven thousand people died on the day. In the twenty-four hours that we call Elvis the first, they say there were two hundred fifty thousand people.
there's a lot of questions with that. There's a lot of stories with that. We can take those and understand. We can lay them aside. We can we we give those thoughts to Jesus. We can let go of the blessings of being We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.